Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Trivia. Uh, excuse me, not Trivia. It's uh, Thursday, right, Fred? Yeah. I'm day ahead of myself. Yeah, you got the right studio. Wrong day. True. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it. I know. Because I'm out tomorrow, and mm-hmm. Brother Ed's had back issues, <laughs> or so he says. <laughs> and uh, JJ's here. So we're trying to put together a cobble together a team for Trivia Friday tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm on the phone texting around. Find you know, a crew. Trying to find a volunteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was on my mind. Okay. So when I misspoke there. Uh-huh. That's okay. I wasn't uh, meaning to channel my inner Joe Biden, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> uh, boy, to have an inner Joe Biden, that's scary. Uh, tri- you need uh, to go to a doctor. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> a head doctor, right, Fred? <laughs> a trivia Friday will be tomorrow. Tim Wildman here on on a normal Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fred Jackson, good morning, Fred. Great to be here. Chris Woodward. Good morning. I have made sure I do not have an alarm set for my phone. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, so it doesn't go off during the show today and yes. play. Uh, harps. 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 What, what, what's your ringtone over there? It's your, some kind of alarm, some preset alarm. Oh, thing. is it one of those, just a, the one that Apple says yeah. choose from? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have put some Southern Gospel on, but I was afraid a, a revival might break out during the show. Not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but, you know, we might get distracted from when the role is caught up yonder or something. Yes. Southern Gospel music, still popular in many places today. I, it's also called, court, uh, mm-hmm. would you call it quartet? Yeah, I want to go to a drive, uh, like a car wash, uh, with some big speakers and just blare some Gaither music <laughs> and just look at the reaction from people. <laughs> is you know? Gaither's considered Southern Gospel? I guess some of it is. Although, you know, it's called Southern Gospel because its roots is re- are regional, right? That kind of music, quartet, I call it quartet music mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's really, uh, uh, you know, people listen to it all over the world, quite frankly. And, and it's, not, it's like bluegrass. It's not... Widely popular, but uh, it has its pockets of popularity. Absolutely. Um, but uh, this this is about the extent of my knowledge of of music. Uh, as far as uh, I enjoy music, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about not knowing when I say quartet music. After mm-hmm. that, you got well, you got tenor, bass, bass, alto. Mm-hmm. Soprano, right? See, see, there you go, Tim. I got that much there. You've got that nailed down. I got the basics. Yeah. I know there's three outs in an inning, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> uh, our tr- uh, tomorrow will be Trivia Friday. Mm-hmm. We hope you'll join us for that. Uh, and we've got a lot of news to talk about today. If you want to watch us on the internet, and as, as, as Ed says, why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. Go to Facebook or YouTube. And type in today's issues, today's issues, and you can watch the live video stream of today's issues on YouTube or Facebook. On Facebook, we post the stories that we talk about, too, so you can have access to that information for yourself. 
it won't be long now. We'll have our own live video streaming service. So we'll be pushing and promoting that. That's uh, in the next few days slash weeks. We're not sure exactly when. I think we're testing it out right now to make sure everything works. But we'll be happy to be able to live video stream on our own platform. That way, if we want to talk about A, B, or C, <laughs> YouTube or Facebook won't say, hmm. no, you can't do that. We, we, yes. uh, Put you in timeout, is what I call it, or, or ban you. Now, to be fair, Facebook hasn't done that over the years that I remember. Maybe they have. Uh, to this show. No. YouTube has. YouTube did. Yeah, they did about a month ago. They put, yes. us, put us in about a, a week timeout. We were just talking about a guy named Iver. Yeah, Mecton. Last yeah. name was Mecton. Yeah. See how we avoided the, uh, what is it, the algorithm? Algorithm, yes. That flags you? Yes. Fred says the first part. I say the last part. Say the first part again, Fred. Iver. Mecton. See, we had enough pause there. I don't think we triggered anything uh, from the <laughs> we'll find out from the YouTube. Uh, uh, this may be the greatest show someone's never heard on Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I think that's what we were talking about as it relates to COVID. Yes. And uh, we got, we got, we got. We got a spanking <laughs> for that. All right. Okay. So, uh, good morning again, Christopher, our, our newsman. What do you got leading off this morning? Uh, well, let's do some uh, continuing coverage of the Highland uh, Park shooting. Certainly, uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with the story. Um, several people were shot and killed uh, on July 4th in Highland Park, north of Chicago. Uh, the uh, person arrested for that, Robert Cremo III, uh, he was in court yesterday where the judge ordered him held without bond uh he once again is facing at least seven counts of first degree murder of which he will get life in prison without the possibility of parole if convicted he's scheduled to appear in court again on july 28th uh as of right now and uh one of the things that uh, people are still talking about is the um revelation by authorities uh investigating this situation uh, that Cremo actually thought about doing another shooting in Wisconsin uh, in the t- time or period immediately following the Highland Park shooting. So this is a, a terrible, no good, very bad situation. Uh, police are still talking about it, giving press conferences and whatnot. Uh, and you can find more information about what I'm uh, reporting right now by visiting our website, AFN.net. One of the other things uh, that has been in the news. Do you, do you know how many people have passed away? Is it, are the numbers uh, seven. seven? It is at seven. least seven right now, but you had more than 30 wounded. So, And a lot of those people are still in the hospital uh, being treated for those injuries. It was initially six counts of first-degree murder. Someone passed away, so they gave him a seventh count there. Any any motive uh, that the police have said this fellow had other than being off his rocker? I've not seen anything to that effect. Police might be aware of something, but they're being right. kind of tight-lipped at the moment, possibly. Uh, they have given a couple of press conferences and said motive is still unclear. It doesn't appear to be motivated by anything other than, I mean, in other words, this wasn't racially uh, motivated. It does not appear to be. No. It wasn't uh, politically motivated. No. Right, huh? No. He wasn't, it doesn't seem to be, at least at this point, uh, trying to bring attention to some kind of a cause, mm-hmm. no. right? As, as demented as that would be, that's the reason some people bomb, suicide sure. bomb or whatever. They want to bring attention to a particular cause. This just seems to be a very disturbed uh, man, mm-hmm. 22 years old. 
22 years old, yeah, and we we reported yesterday that in 2019, uh, the Fed the feds got a report from the local police uh, that this young man had made threats, I think, against his parents, and so he was put on some kind of list, uh, danger list. This was 2019, I think it was. Yeah, uh, when that incident occurred. Uh, so I, I think to your point, Tim, if if there is a motive that is coming through at this point is that he was mentally disturbed. Yeah. And the fact that he then wanted, as we found out yesterday from uh, the first time he was in court, he apparently told police he planned to go to Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and repeat that activity again. The part of the story that I don't understand exactly, I'm sure the, maybe the, the, how this actually happened will come out, but as I read the story, what's the, what's, the, what's the killer's name? Robert Bobby Cremo the third. Okay, he threatened his parents or family in 2019 mm-hmm. to the point where they reported it to the police. That is correct. Okay, but yet uh, somehow his dad signed off on. Him getting weapons. In in the last few months. Correct. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Just just with the facts I've laid out. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. His parents have lawyered up uh, because... Have have they done what? They've lawyered up. Lawyered up, okay. Okay, uh, because there's a possibility they could be charged if knowing he had a violent nature yeah. and then facilitated his purchase of weapons. Right. Uh, so they they are now speaking through a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. The uh, There is an ABC story. I just shared this on our Facebook feed, uh, but the Highland Park Parade shooter's father uh, says he is not culpable for his son's attack. Uh, in, that APC, in that ABC story, uh, Cremo's father says, quote, I had no, not an inkling warning that this was going to happen. I am just shocked, end quote. Yeah, well, he probably didn't know, obviously, that uh, anything imminent was going to happen. That's really, I don't think the, and maybe that's uh, something that would go to trial. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about just general knowledge of of somebody being dangerous yes. or potentially dangerous. And and having experienced it firsthand, mm-hmm. and then anyway, I I would just like to know more from the dad, and then I'm sure this will come out. If the guy, if your son threatened violence against you in 19, what are you doing helping him buy a gun mm-hmm. yes. in 2022? That's the question. Right. Yes. That uh, that I have. That mm-hmm. I'm sure as I say we'll. Uh, Will be answered. Next story, Chris. Well, this uh, is another uh, situation involving plans for a shooting, at least. Uh, This is from the Daily Caller, and other news outlets have uh, similar articles. Uh, Potential Virginia mass shooters were in the U.S. illegally. One of them was deported multiple times, according to authorities. Uh, This is from the Richmond area, and Richmond Chief of Police Gerald Smith said during a press conference Wednesday that a hero citizen picked up the phone and overheard a conversation that there was a mass shooting being planned here in the city of Richmond, told police about it, police investigated, 
uh, thwarted the situation. Uh, so as the uh, police authorities there say, one phone call saved numerous lives. That was also July 4th. It was, yes. So you could have had, Fred, uh, you, you saw the amount of ammunition these yes. two men had gathered, and I don't know where they were going to use it. They had. Uh, they went to one of the suspects' house, and they found there were two rifles, a handgun, and 223 rounds of ammunition. So two guys arrested, both in the country illegally. One of them was working for a construction company there in Richmond, Virginia, and at least one of them had, according to a Fox News story, had been arrested uh, multiple times, deported for being in the country illegally, and then come back in. And they quote the, uh, I believe it is the police chief, his last name is Smith, Mm -hmm. in this story saying that it was frustrating that a person could continue to break the law and have an opportunity to still plan uh, out a mass murder in this so country. Any, any, it, do we know a motive there? No. So she had two men. Yes. Oh, were they from Central America? Where were they from? I, uh, I believe they were from Guatemala. Okay. And for some reason, unbeknownst to the public yet, mm-hmm. they were going to commit a, an act of mass murder in the Richmond area. Yes, on July 4th. On July the 4th, but it was thwarted. Yes. Because the police were tipped off mm-hmm. by somebody who gained knowledge of this plan. Yes. Thank God. He is being praised as a hero citizen, the person right. who. But here, here's, the, here's the part of the story I want to focus on for just a minute. And that is one of these men have been deported several times. Correct. Come back. Yes. Deportation doesn't work. No, not when your border is wide open. No, so it's, 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 it's if you're going to deport them and just let them walk back in and there's no punishment for coming back in after you've been deported, then don't deport them in the first place. No. Now, I've got my tongue in my cheek, so to speak. But, but I mean, really, uh, what again, this is, is more uh, an indictment of our president. Yes. And his doesn't care about people here coming here illegally. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if you, if you are deported, you're found to be here illegally and you are deported, then it sh- you should understand or it should be told to you. If you come back in again yeah. to the United States illegally yeah. after we've deported you, mm-hmm. You're going to spend uh, 10 years in a federal pen. Yeah. With no chance of parole. Yes. Okay. That'll stop it. Mm-hmm. There are ways to stop crime. Yeah. There, there are at least greatly reduced crime of all kinds. All you got to do is punish the criminals. That's right. I mean, it's not hard, but it's not hard. It's not rocket science. You, you punish the criminals mm-hmm. severely. Yes. You will, you will all but shut down crime. I guarantee you. Yes, but uh, our country's a bunch of liberal wimps mm-hmm. who are judges mm-hmm. and who are lawmakers and who are district attorneys, social justice warriors, yep. and and so we don't do what's necessary mm-hmm. to stop crime. And uh, in this case, the crime was thwarted again. My <clears throat> mass murder situation in uh, Richmond, but the guy, one of the guys, at least. You said both of them were here illegally? Yes. Well, there you go. 
Mm-hmm. Biden's America. Yes. Yeah. And this has been going on. This has been going on for years. This has been talked about our border problems for years. President Donald Trump comes along and tries to do something about it. And well, he did do something. About it. He, he tried did. and he succeeded. And yeah. and trying to build the wall. Actually, he ran into problems. Remember, Paul Ryan was House Speaker initially. Wouldn't give up the money that was necessary, all the money that was necessary to completely build that wall. So when Joe Biden came in after killing Keystone, the next thing he did was stop building the wall. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah. Because, but anyway, praise God that these men were found out and yes. they were stopped from committing yes. a mass murder situation. Uh, it could have been even worse potentially yes. than what happened in Chicago right. or. or What's the name of the community? Highland Park. Highland Park. It, Chicago is one of those places where it's so large. A lot of people that are not necessarily from the city limits of Chicago, if right. they're anywhere near the Chicago metro area, they will tell you they're from Chicago. Right. I, so I know you, people from northwest Indiana that refer to themselves as being from Chicago, even though it's technically in another state, because it's well, part of the Chicago metro area. Quite frankly, that's nothing to be proud of. No. No. Huh? I would gladly tell somebody I'm from... <laughs> The, the town I'm from yeah. in the Chicago suburban area. Sure. Uh, but, uh, hey, there are a lot of great things about Chicago. Um, but uh, There's uh, a lot of bad, too. There's a lot. They get the reputation for sure. Chicago nationally as being a, a, a haven for violent crime mm-hmm. is, uh, is well established. Next yeah. story. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Joe Biden's America, uh, the economy, not very good. And that's putting it politely. There is a story on AFN.net uh, at the moment. U.S. jobless claims continue to rise. So the unemployment situation is not well. Certainly, if you've been to a gas station, a grocery store, uh, you've paid higher prices for whatever it is you need or it is, want. Uh, gas is going down, though. It is. It is. I'll pull I it don't up. Know if it'll, I don't know if it'll keep going down. <laughs> Allison and I, we were talking last night on the way home. We were looking at the gas prices on mm-hmm. the road. And I said, isn't it a shame we... we, we when you when you're thankful for four dollar gas, yeah, four dollar. Reap uh, those savings, America. Uh, think about that for a minute. We're yeah. just, but it was near five. Mm-hmm. It was now some places. I'm talking about here where we live in northeast Mississippi, but uh, nationally the average was over five. I yeah, think. it was uh, about, about yeah. a month ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Biden but, but, but Biden it, has set a lot of records in his uh, brief time of being president, and unfortunately, their records no president wants. Uh, maybe this one. Because uh, he wants gas to be high, so we'll all switch over to things. But the uh, the national average for a gallon of regular today is four seventy five. That's down from four eighty five in the last week. Four ninety one this time last month. So there's your almost five dollar. Yeah, it average. is going down now. Who knows? Is it going to stay? Is it going to stay about this level? Is it going to continue to go down? Because a lot of people feel like uh, it's going to go back up again. Yeah, and, and it, even over five. I'm just saying. This is the time of year when a lot of people hit the roads. Uh, and AP had a story about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, that despite high prices, people were still planning on making vacation trips somewhere because they had spent the last well, two years shut up in their house and they were ready to get out. You know, I have a theory on that. Um, I think when when the gas prices started to go way up in the uh, what spring, mm-hmm. right? And inflation became apparent that it was going to stay high. I think that people had already committed, yes, to their summer vacations because you got to pay you got to pay deposits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, 
who wants to tell the family, hey, family, we're not going to the beach. Why? Because, well, look at the gas prices. No, I mean, yeah. you know, nobody wants to try to explain that to a 14-year-old. No. So, so what I'm saying is uh, financial commitments for the summer were already made in, in uh, January or mm-hmm. February or even before. Mm-hmm. Now, bookings for next year, if inflation stays – uh, a major problem and gas prices stay really high and rentals go up, mm-hmm. uh, uh, then then you're, you're going to see travel really restricted a year from now. What you're really going to see too, and the you know unemployment claims are up mm-hmm. uh, for the sixth month in a row as of this morning. Unemployment claims. You mean Americans are saying they can't find jobs? Correct. What is happening is, and and this is more of this downstream effect, as we get into the fall, when some people do travel, they're not going to travel this fall. So hotels are going to start laying off workers. Uh, so If they can find any to lay off. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me for, yeah. I don't mean to make fun of it, but. No, uh, that's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to have businesses that will start to haul back on their activity. Yeah. Customers, you know, it's the optional stuff. You know, people may be thinking of renovating a house, but no, I can't do that now. So I'm not going to hire that carpenter. I'm not going to buy the new sofa. I'm not going to buy the new refrigerator. So it's all of this downstream stuff that we're not seeing yet. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Which is leading uh, leading a lot of people to say we're going we're entering into or we are in a, uh, a recession. Um, we see that in uh, where we live because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of furniture furniture manufacturing. Exactly. And you're here, you're reading about hundreds of people laid off here, hundreds of people laid off there. Yep. And so, to your point, people start. Uh, priority list of things that they're they're going to do or not do based on mm-hmm. their income going down or them losing a job or inflation going sky high. So mm-hmm. they say, well, I'm not going to buy furniture. Yes. I just make the sofa last longer mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, cars, well, that'll be next. Mm-hmm. Not that you can find new cars on the on car lots. Yeah. Huh? Because are, of the are they. Or Carlites, do they have new cars yet? Well, there is a there's a dealership in this area that claims he is loaded. Uh, whether or not that's true, I, I've not confirmed with my own two eyes. Right. Well, I mean, for what a couple of years now, Carlites haven't had new automobiles. Yeah, the chip I, shortage has chip been shortage. blamed for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but uh, the, the let me ask you this: I hear people tell me who are employers especially restaurants, hotels, they have people come in and apply for jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And then they either A, don't show up. This happens daily. Yeah, oh yeah. Or B, they come in and they last for 48 hours mm-hmm. or a week at the most and they quit. So uh, are people gaming the system here? Sure. Are people uh, saying they're looking for work and then they're really not just to continue their Unemployment benefits? That's right. Because one of, one of the stipulations for unemployment, and I've heard this from various sources over the years, is that the unemployment office will say to candidate A, have you been out trying to look for work? Or you have to prove. And I've heard of cases where a guy will walk in and say, do you have any jobs? Well, we don't have any right now, but we may have one in a month or so. Mm-hmm. And then he walks out talking on his cell phone. So, so he is attempted. He can... 
now I've report, looked. I've looked, I've tried, and there was nothing available. So he's beating the system. Of course he is. He, yeah. yeah. And that's just one guy. But who who, who, who catches up with somebody like that and, and says, nope, I'm cutting you off? That's huh? what's not happening. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a it's a big problem in the, quote, hospitality industry. I'm mm-hmm. talking about hotels. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that's why I was joking earlier. Bad joke, probably. But I said, you know, the hotels are going to lay people off if they can find find them and then restaurants big problem in restaurants mm-hmm. finding servers and and uh, uh, other employees we'll be back momentarily stay with us AFR programming is now available on Alexa you're joking right nope not joking seriously yep This is not a drill. Wait a minute. No way. There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Jericho, Nazareth. The Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, all these places you've heard about your whole life. You've read about them in the Bible. Well, guess what? We're going to go see them. That's right. March 2023, we're going to go to the Holy Land. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, my dad started taking tours to Israel as a Methodist pastor in the late 60s. And then he taught me how to lead tour groups and I started helping him in the 80s and then he stopped doing them in the 90s and then my wife and I have been doing them ever since. So we have a lot of experience traveling to Israel and we would love for you to come with us in March 2023. The itinerary, the cost, everything about the tour is available at twholyland.com. Just go to the website right now, twholyland.com for all the information on the March 2023 trip to Israel. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A number of Texas border counties are calling on the governor to declare an invasion at the southern border. Government leaders say they don't know what else to do. Ranches are being overrun. Crime has exploded. Lives are literally in danger. County leaders are asking Governor Greg Abbott to remove all persons invading the sovereignty of Texas, and they're basing their request on the U.S. and Texas constitutions. Now, critics accuse lawmakers of playing pre-election politics and say any reference to an invasion is racist rhetoric. But the fact is that Texas has indeed been invaded, and the demographic most impacted happens to be Hispanic Americans who came to this nation legally. And the crisis is only going to get worse. The Supreme Court decided the Biden administration can end the Trump-era Remain in Mexico program. That means hundreds of thousands more illegals will soon be swarming the border states. In other words, Texas is bracing for government-sanctioned anarchy. I'm Todd Stearns. As it is written... 
What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim with Fred and Chris. We thank you for joining us today on the program. If you would like to co-host Trivia Friday tomorrow, you just need to let us know. Uh, we're, we're trying to recruit a, a third host, and uh, so just send in your... You have to be the 344th caller. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Ed's going to be here. JJ's going to be here. I can't be here tomorrow, so I think we're, we're about to find a third party to, uh, to host tomorrow. All right, Trivia Friday will be tomorrow, and we always have a lot of fun on that show. Right now, it's Today's Issues on American Family Radio, Tim, Fred, and Chris. And uh, uh, next story, Chris. Well, um, what no, do you guess? we don't have a next story. We have a guest. Yeah. What am I talking about here? We have a guest, our good friend, Jan Markell, president and founder of Olive Tree Ministries in uh, the Twin Cities area of Minnesota joins us uh, most Thursdays that uh, she's available. And uh, good uh, good morning to you, Jan. Oh, well, I'm so honored to be your friend. I really am. Thank you. <laughs> well, that, that, you're welcome, Jan. <laughs> I need uh, a lot of friends. Let us virtually hold, hold hands now and, and, and sing Kumbaya together. <laughs> um, yes, uh, she's one of uh, yes. the three conservatives in Minneapolis. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now, Jan, if Jan leaves the state, uh, they're down, to, down to two two conservatives there, right? Oh, it's it's, it's a sad state. Yeah. Not only that, but, but but crime is totally out of control. Yeah. Here, um, uh, the the shootings are. I mean, hardly any place is safe. Um, and I've grown up here, so I remember the days when Twin Cities was just absolutely a wonderful destination. And now uh, I encourage folks to keep moving. Don't stop here, please. It's not well, safe. Hey, uh, I have met a lot of people from uh, the southern part of your state. I'm talking about yeah. the rural areas, and they're so mm-hmm. uh, just patriotic, God fearing people. Oh, yeah. But they're out there. But you got to get outside of the, the communist <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, cities there, the Twin Cities, which I remember I've mentioned this before, Jan, but uh, I was. Uh, there was a story I read a few months ago about how it, it, uh, that the Minis- the state of Minnesota was featured like in the seventies mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. on like Newsweek or Time Magazine as like this is the next best place to r- live and raise your family. Yeah, yeah. wholesome, I, I, good values. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I remember a cover on Time Magazine saying that it would have been Time in the seventies. Yeah, it would have been in the seventies. Right, that's right. But I'm just yeah. saying, uh, uh, it's a shame. Uh, and you grow up there. I know it just saddens you to see what's happened to the, uh, especially to the well, to the major metropolitan area. Well, it's two things: it's, it's liberal politics. That's that's the worst. And then, of course, we have 
so many. I mean, we're Little Mogadishu because of so many Somalis. So, so that's wow. our new title is Little. Mo- it's Minnesota Stan here. Yeah. Hey, why were the uh, some those attending in that Somali community? Why did they boo? Uh, what was her? What's her name, Congressman? Uh, uh, well, Ilhan Omar. Yeah, why they is, boo her at that concert? Do you know? Well, because a lot of Muslims um, would be what, what you and I would say they're conservative on social issues. They they oppose homosexuality, things like that, and they know that she is just the opposite. She's in favor of every radical liberal issue that you can think of and so the, the 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 sort of the feedback is that that's why they were reacting to her they were trying to tell her we are no longer interested in what you stand for uh, even i find that quite quite almost amusing um but you know i think i think that goes back to the uh, sort of the saying that not every muslim is a terrorist right so so there are some who are going to stand for a little bit more traditional values. Gotcha. Now, not not like you and I would, but right. I think you get my point. Yeah, no, they have different reasons and different, but but still, yeah. the the a, especially a conservative Muslim yeah. would not go for LGBTQ promotion, for example. Yeah. And and so, so they so. All right, Fred, you wanted to ask. Uh, well, yeah, just before we yeah. go to that, that question, uh, I'm not yeah. sure if it's in uh, Ilan Omar's uh, district, but isn't there a Muslim who's running for Republicans? Uh, I, be- I, I believe so. I, I, I could uh, take me a minute to look. I believe you're right, Fred, and I believe, um, it's, I believe she's challenging Omar. I, gotcha. I think she's challenging her in her district. Ilan Omar's district, it's interesting because... It's all of Minneapolis proper, right. of course, which is where the horrific, horrific crime is going on. But, but, but within Minneapolis, you've got the very poorest and you've got the very richest. Uh, there's the Lakes area. Some of your listeners will know what that means. We've got Lake Harriet and all of this. So those are the very wealthiest areas of Minneapolis proper and then the very poor. Uh, and so she's got a cross-section of humanity. And having said that, there are many, many Jews in that district, and some of them are voting for her. That's a whole other story, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes Jews are blind in, in other areas other than, than spiritual issues, and many of them just insist that they have to vote liberal. Yeah, I'm just reading a headline. Chris is bringing it up here. It says, Muslim military veteran hopes to unseat uh, Ilan Omar. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. Well, more power, too. Is it a woman running against her, or? Well, oh, this article is from uh, earlier this year. On I'm looking at a Fox article. This might have been a primary, uh, but it says a Somali-born U.S. Army veteran has joined the Republican field seeking to challenge yeah. Representative Ilhan Omar, yeah. uh, calling out her lack of attention to the needs of her constituents. Yeah, yeah. that'd be really neat. Fred, Fred, what's the other question we yeah. wanted to ask Jan about? Jan was listening to your program last weekend. Very interesting topic, as always, understanding the times here on AFR. And you were talking about, and you had a guest on, and you were talking about the reluctance of pastors, it seems, to preach, to teach, and talk about Bible prophecy. What what would the reason be? Um, I, I think the short answer to that, Fred, would be... Um 
the topic of of the king is coming and the topic of end times and all that the bible outlines for the end times and i mean end times on this planet i don't mean heaven and the millennium and all that but while still on this planet is just considered by some to be a gloom and doom to be too scary it's going to scare it's going to scare folks away it's not going to grow the church and then i think there's a bigger point than that even, and that would be 95% of our seminaries have dropped the topic, so they're not training pastors to cover the issues of the end times, and so they are rightfully afraid to because they haven't had the training. Now, they can study on their own, and some do, um, but why the, why the seminaries have dropped, and by the way, if I could just insert, as we are speaking, as we are speaking, one who has championed this for 50 years is Dr. Ed Heinsen, and he is being buried as we speak. He died yes. last Saturday. Yes, I heard about yeah. that. You know, yeah. Jan, it was interesting listening to your program because I was driving back from Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. I had been at the Billy Graham Training Center and uh, a whole week of study in the Book of Daniel. And then I, I turn on listen to your program, and I was amazed because the point uh, all week there at that training center was, I think, 30% of the Bible is about Bible prophecy. Yeah. And so much of prophecy yet to be fulfilled, but so much prophecy uh, from Old Testament that has already been filled, and how that is an important part of presenting the gospel, that we serve a sovereign God, sovereign over the history of man, and we can trust the fact that Jesus is returning, and you better be ready. Well, I think the key you said is you better be ready, um, because those who aren't ready face a time of trial and trouble that nobody will want to go through. First, the tribulation, and then, of course, the flames and fire of hell. Uh, I was featuring uh, over the weekend the film Before the Wrath, made by Brent Miller, Jr., and, and, and he worked with Lifeway to make that film, and it's about the rapture. But the point, or one of the points of the film, is that only, and this is shocking, only 2% of churches will talk about what we're talking about. The other 98% feel they need to stay away from it for half a dozen reasons. Um, again, maybe tithing will go down, again, the fear factor. And then there's one legitimate pushback that pastors have, and I, I do sympathize with them with this, and that some pastors are afraid to get identified with the fringe factor. And how many folks might remember the Herald, Herald camping back in 2011? Right, right. Date setting, um, Edgar Weisenhunt in the 1980s, date setting. And I don't blame a pastor for wanting to avoid the fringe factor because they're pretty nutty. Yes. You know, uh, I've mentioned this before. <clears throat> what was the name of the guy uh, who, who set the date? about Herald, Herald camping. Okay. Harold Camping, uh, he he had a he had a Christian radio network. Yes, yes he did American um, um, American something radio. It was like Sounds family. Like a, it was like family radio. Very similarly named. Yeah. Yes. Very yes. similar. Very similar. Because we were getting calls. Oh yes, from yeah. the media. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you speak to the top fellow there because uh, you, you're you know I've you're, been here long enough. You for said that Thursdays one. when uh, the world ends, right? Uh-huh. Anyway, right. we yeah. had to explain to the media. That uh, we're not the same as mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, as 
Reverend Camping's uh, uh, network. Uh, all right, Jan, what's your website and what's coming up this weekend on your show? Um, yeah, olivetreeviews.org. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at some signs of the times this weekend with a senior editor from Harvest House Publishers. And uh, it's an intriguing hour. I, I promise folks will learn a lot. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. To, all right, Jan, th- thank you. Take care and may you not get carjacked. <laughs> All right, yeah, thank you. Okay. All, right. All right. Goodbye. All right, goodbye. Mm. Hey, listen, you go a day in the Twin Cities and you don't get carjacked, you just count your blessings, Fred. It's a good day. You know, I went it's to a, a convention day. over 25 years ago in Minneapolis. Never thought any danger at all, walking down the street, going to restaurants after our convention meetings, and never worried about any problems. But you, you've got to think about these well, things now. i tell you what's happened in these big cities mm. across America. We've always, people have always known, and this happens in smaller communities too, to a certain extent, but we've always in America known, hey, don't go to that part of town. Yeah. Especially don't go to that part of town or go to that area at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty much always been true, right? Right. Well, <laughs> and that's not funny, but now it's no don't go to that area in nighttime. Don't go to that area at all. Period. And yeah. that quote, that area uh-huh. has expanded about 20 miles. Mm-hmm. Right. And so these, now you got in these, especially these large cities, you have crime, violent crime taking place, uh, in broad daylight. I read about it every day in New York, Chicago, the twin cities, San Francisco, in Los Angeles, they are about to, they're trying to, there's a big move to recall their uh, district attorney out there. Yes. and Who who does not prosecute crime. Mm-hmm. So the criminals basically know that and they're running wild. Mm-hmm. You couple that with defund the police uh, mm-hmm. stupidity. Mm-hmm. You got a recipe for, for disaster and that's what's happening in Los Angeles is disaster you're having crime go crazy go ahead yeah, yeah it's uh george gascon uh yes. the da there in the los angeles area i mean i'm looking at articles from all sorts of news outlets including if he's not recalled if he's not recalled when is that recall vote be in november i think i will look in there's november. over five hundred fifty thousand well, thousand have signed the yeah, petition if yeah. the people of los angeles don't recall <laughs> this uh progressive uh, the district attorney, then, then, uh, there's no hope for Los Angeles. Right. And don't complain. I say, don't complain. Uh, if, if you're going to vote in this kind of leadership, whether it be a district attorney or a mayor or, uh, whatever, you're going to vote in these, these, these liberal, these far, I call them far out liberal politicians who, who are soft on crime. Then, then the people there really don't have a, a a claim to complain because we you keep voting for this. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Now I'm not saying, but this now it's not exactly the same people because you may have forty percent who vote to uh, be tough on crime or enforce the laws or support the police, and you may have sixty percent who don't want to do that. Well, the forty percent then have to suffer. Mm-hmm. Or either move 
Yes. And that's happening too. There's a mass exodus. That's right. Out of uh, <clears throat> big cities in America, two more rural communities, mm-hmm. and two from blue states to red states. Mm-hmm. That's happening mm-hmm. as well for many other for economic reasons, crime reasons. Crime is a big part of it. Yes. All right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Fred and Chris, and now we're joined by our good friend Dr. Alex McFarlane, who's heard each weekday afternoon on the program Exploring the Word with uh, Brother Bert Harper from 3 to 4 o'clock Central Time. Good morning, Alex. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Morning. We're doing, we're doing good. Now, you, uh, you were in Myrtle Beach preaching a few days ago, right? I was, yeah. I got to preach at First Baptist Church of Myrtle Beach Sunday, and then I went out west and spoke at a youth camp. And uh, you mentioned uh, you were talking to Jan about being at the Cove. Uh, that's where I'll be tomorrow, and I want to give a big shout out. I'm going up to Asheville. Angie and I will be there um, at the Cove, and they tell me it's sold out. Got about 300 people coming, and I know from years past it's always this way that. of my audience will be listeners to AFA, and I just want to say I'm so thankful for the great listeners of the American Family Radio Network that follow me as I travel and preach, and they... Now, is that uh, your... Who's hosting that conference? uh, Will Graham invited me. Um, It's a... The Cove... And by the way, if you've never been, folks, it's just really wonderful. Um, I'm told that Billy Graham and Ruth Graham prayer walked all over those hillsides, and you really feel the Spirit of the Lord there. Honestly, I'm not just saying this. Right. When you're at the Cove, I feel the Holy Spirit all over that place, and I'll be teaching First Peter and talking about biblical worldview. And uh, Will Graham invited me up there to teach, and I'll be there next summer doing Second Peter, but this yeah. weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll be teaching First Peter and really focusing in on <clears throat> apologetics and biblical worldview. But they're full, right? They are this time. It's full. Okay, but um, yeah, we've been to the Cove several times with uh, with, uh, with our our. Folks. I, I was yeah. there last last week uh, for for the conference on Daniel, uh, oh, yeah. and and you're probably familiar, Alex. Uh, the afternoons were free, and you could go on the walking trails up the hills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they have a walking trail. Well, they're mountains. They're uh, actually mountains. It's it's about three miles up to an outlook, but they say if you're going to do that, they give you a radio. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. And a couple of folks that were at my conference, they found out the reason for that uh, because they ran into a bear or two. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Wow. <laughs> a bear, one, one lady ran into a bear with three cubs, and they say that's why Yikes. we give you the radio is that you call and we'll send somebody up to escort oh, you back. I thought you were going to say, with the radio, because we'll <laughs> notify your next of kin. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have black bears in, in, in their heels, don't they? They are. And and the bears are pretty, you know, you just holler at them and usually they'll run off. But uh, yeah, wow. they want you to be careful because they don't want to lose any participants. I thought you were going to say because uh, you get it halfway up the mountain and realize i shouldn't be doing this yeah. <laughs> i'm, too, be that I'm reason too, too old for this um, <laughs> I, I know you you've heard the joke about the atheist and he was uh he ran up on a bear and he said oh god help me and a voice from heaven says i i i thought you didn't believe in me and and the atheist goes well you know i i don't but uh 
God, make that bear religious or something, and the bear goes, uh, yeah, Lord, I thank you for this meal I'm about to receive. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Okay, then. Uh. <laughs> oh. But here, I, I don't yeah. mean to waste good radio time being silly here, but... Uh, um, uh, we uh, we never do that here on this show. Uh, uh, so I appreciate your <laughs> your looking at, uh, talking about that. Uh, Alex McFarling, uh, Alex McFarland joining us from North Carolina. Um, Alex, we were talking uh, earlier with Jan Markell, and we've been talking about the rise in violent crime, in particular, going on across the country, and we're seeing it even in in stats and also news reports and uh, cities are uh, in distress people who live in these cities who've always had basically quiet lives now uh, uh, carjackings are taking place in the suburbs you know in mm-hmm. in the wealthy uh, part of, parts of town you see these uh what do you call them when they go in they they smash windows take jewelry or whatever and then they're they're out oh, in 60 yeah. seconds this this kind of thing's going on um, and, uh, carjackings, I saw this other day in, in cities in Philadelphia is like through, you know, like, I don't know, through the roof, they were saying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Alex, what, what is going on? Why, why is, uh, why are, especially in your larger cities, I'm sure this is the case in Charlotte too, I'm, uh, mm. so, yeah. to, a, to a certain extent, uh, what, what's going on there? Well, we, we've lost our moral compass. Uh, we we really have, and and I know I as a country, said, you mean? Yes, a, as a nation, because for for roughly five decades, um, we public education has become militantly secularized. You can't talk about God. You can't talk about the Ten Commandments. You can't talk about right and wrong. Nowadays, you can't even tell children the basics about. Boys and girls, and well, unless general... you want to push the left wing agenda, and then in that case, it's okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I was on a show. I was interviewed by a guy named Perry Atkinson, and I don't know if you guys know that name. He's a, a great saint of God. Perry Atkinson, along with Phyllis Schlafly and Henry Hyde, many years ago they drafted and and pushed the Hyde Amendment. So Perry has been a great champion for life for years and years, but. Perry Atkinson said, you know, regarding how the left has tried to abolish morality, really intimidate Christians and the voice of the church into silence, Perry Atkinson said, really, culturally, morally, we've been raped. Now, I know that's strong language, but, but you've got to understand, folks, in a way, and Tim, to your question, the reason that we're seeing all this rise of violence and crime and negative indicators are just going up, 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 and people don't feel safe, it's because this Judeo-Christian America, for generations now, we've been told that uh, we weren't a Christian country, we're a bad country, um, kids can't be told in the classroom so many things that are basic truths. And the left has done this under the guise of uh, what they call separation of church and state, which is just a complete misnomer. That's not part of our governmental documents. But uh, basically, the America that we're seeing is an America where God has been erased from the conversation. Now, we can come back, and it's going to be Christians that will have to lead the way, but we need to pray 
and we need to influence others, and we need to vote and vote for leaders that have some sense. I'm, I'm going to say it like we say down south. Mom and dad would say, act like you got some sense. We need some leaders of courage and conviction. Our nation is still savable, but the window of opportunity is is closing, I fear. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. <clears throat> but, uh, uh, you know, with these also the, the people uh, in these cities are going to have to wake up and exactly and change and, and change who they vote for you can't keep voting for democrats over and over and over again and expect different results uh our, you, you can yeah i mean if if you toss a coin 99 times and you get tails right why do you think on the hundredth you're going to get heads? right right no I, <laughs> we've I, got to change course yeah absolutely uh but uh we were talking earlier about <clears throat> in richmond they avoided a mass murder situation mm-hmm. over the weekend, uh, just like they ha- like they actually had in the greater Chicago area. Well, Alex, uh, listen, thanks for being on with us. Uh, what are you and Bert going to be talking about this afternoon? We're in the book of Isaiah on exploring the word, which is heard three to four uh, live every day, um, three to four central time, four to five Eastern, and so forth. But we're in Isaiah, a great book, a lot of Bible prophecy in there. And uh, Hey, can I ask Friday, you a question? Yeah, Excuse yeah. me for interrupting you there, which is rare for me. Uh, what's the best commentary on the book of Isaiah? Uh, that's a great question. Do you know what? I love to recommend there's a one-volume Bible commentary uh, by Wayne Grudem. And uh, anyway, G-R-U-D-E-M. Check out Wayne Grudem. Um, on Isaiah? good. Uh, yes. Okay, because that's the one book that uh, throws me for a loop a lot of times. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you, huh? Because uh, I like to listen to the Bible, uh-huh. and you're listening to it, and and it just seems like uh, Isaiah's all over the map, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I can use an expression. It's big and broad, isn't it? Yeah, you'll be listening to something about Israel and the children of Israel, and then the next thing you're listening to something totally different. And I'm not saying it. I know. I know it, that book of Isaiah is there for a real purpose. Much right. of which, as nice. you're talking about, Fred, mm-hmm. uh, about the um, Bible prophecy. But I, I've I thought, well, I need the best commentary out there so I can help uh, learn from and understand the book of Isaiah. Thank you, Alex. We'll see you back Thank here you. in five minutes, everybody. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.